I'm a lawyer. Like there's so few Mormon women who are lawyers. And so I feel like I was particularly well situated. Like if I'm not going to do it, who's going to do it? You know, some housewife in some suburb of Salt Lake City? No. So finally I decided, okay, let's do something. Hello, ladies. Do I have an uncut gem for you today? We are going all the way back into the Unladylike archive, back to 2018, when I had the pleasure of interviewing Kate Kelly, who was the star of the episode, How to Be a Mormon Feminist. Now, I thought that this conversation would be a timely companion to the pop cultural sensation that is the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Now, if you do not consume Bravo reality television, if you have no idea what The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is or why its season finale this year was so explosive to the point that it was quoted by a Democratic congressman, I believe on the floor of the House, um, which... (laughs) I don't know that we stand that, but as far as active Mormons on the cast, there's only one at this point, I believe. There's one current Mormon, two ex-Mormons, one of whom is Heather Gay, who published a best-selling memoir called Bad Mormon. And I have not read Bad Mormon, but I don't think that you can get any badder, really, when it comes to women and Mormonism, than one Kate Kelly. Because Kate not only stood up to the patriarchy of Mormonism, at the temple gates, she was also excommunicated for it. Kate is an activist and human rights lawyer. And since our conversation back in 2018, she's gone on to write the book Ordinary Equality and also co-host the podcast Ordinary Equality with Jamia Wilson. So please enjoy this uncut gem with the fantastic Kate Kelly. Uh, Could you just introduce yourself, uh, say your name and where you live and what you do? My name is Kate Kelly. I'm a human rights attorney, and I live both in Salt Lake City and New York City. So the first question I have for you is a a hard-hitting one inspired by your Twitter account. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very secretly (laughs) or not so secretly obsessed with Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> I tell my partner, I'm like, I got two new followers today. <laughs> it's a great Twitter. <laughs> so uh, I need to know how you live without coffee. Oh, um, I did law school without coffee, I would like to note. Um, I, I, th- I feel like it's one of those things that you have to develop a taste for earlier on in life. And I never did, obviously. Because Mormons think drinking coffee is a sin. And so I never did. I remember once in high school, my friends, as a prank, because I didn't, you know, I grew up in Oregon and I didn't have any Mormon friends. 
handed me a cup of coffee and they said it was hot chocolate. So I like took a big gulp of it and I spit it out on the ground because <gasps> I was like, oh no. Um, so yeah, I do not drink coffee. I am extremely sensitive to caffeine. So even tea, I don't really drink tea. Um, if I drink like a Coke, when I was studying for the bar exam, I finally was like, okay, I have to drink caffeine or this will not go well. <laughs> and so I start drinking Coke Zero. But even Coke Zero is, will get me every time. I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And I, I, when I explain the quirkiness of Mormonism, I'm like, yeah, it's basically an anti-coffee cult. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> everyone's like, okay, that's weird. I'm like, yep, exactly. <laughs> so we have to back up then and, and give listeners a little bit of context to all of this. Um, could you just share a little bit about um, where you're coming from with Mormonism? Yeah. So I was raised Mormon. My parents converted to Mormonism when they were married and before I was born. So my parents, like my dad met the Mormon missionaries on their bikes riding around and somehow that worked and he agreed to be baptized. So they joined Mormonism and then I was born. So I was raised Mormon and Mormonism is a uniquely American religion. The first prophet of Mormonism was uh, born in Vermont and raised in upstate New York and founded Mormonism in a city called Palmyra, which is upstate, and discovered the Mormon scripture, the Book of Mormon, in upstate New York. What was your earliest memory of church? <sighs> I mean, I don't really remember anything that wasn't Mormon in my life. I was baptized when I was eight. And so I remember that day uniquely because it's a rite of passage and it's this big deal in Mormon culture. But the thing I remember about it is they didn't give me a dress. I wanted like – I'm very into fashion. Um, and so <laughs> um, always have been, uh, probably always will be, but I <laughs> – they didn't give me a dress. They gave me like a man's jumpsuit because that's like all they had in the closet. No. And I was an eight-year-old girl, so I was very tiny. So I had to like roll up the legs, roll up the sleeves, and I'm just like drowning in this basically like <laughs> white coveralls. And I was a little bit of a diva. And so I said, no, I'm not getting baptized. And I like ran outside and I was crying and I wanted a dress, blah, blah, blah. Somehow they talked me off that ledge and I did do it in the end. Um, but I think it, in retrospect, it was just like so frustrating that men, adult men were the default and like women weren't even a consideration. You know, female people did not have an outfit basically because <laughs> female people in Mormonism are always an afterthought. So what kind of messages then did, um, did Mormonism teach you about yourself as a girl? Kind of how did it shape your 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 gender concept, really? Yeah, so gender in Mormonism is what they call eternal. So you were whatever you were before you came to Earth, and you will be your assigned gender forever. And so it has these, like, lasting consequences of existing in what they call the pre-existing 
pre-existence all the way to the rest of eternity. And so gender is not just this casual happenstance thing in Mormonism. It's very central and core to the doctrine. And so I always remember it being very important. Um, but again, my parents were converts to Mormonism. So my mom was a lawyer and my dad was a publisher and they didn't really conform to the cultural roles. And so in my house, they equally shared parenting and operated with total parity. But at church and in the church culture, I experienced something very different. And so it was kind of this conflict of like my parents saying, you can do whatever you want to do. And what do you want to be when you grow up? And all these different things. And the church saying women are to be mothers and nothing else. And that is your highest calling and your only goal. And so... I think I internalized a lot of angst about what I aspired to do and what the parameters were set by the church and how what I wanted went outside of those parameters. That was a preview from Inside the Unladies Room Patreon. To hear the full ad-free episode, go to patreon.com slash unladylikemedia or search Unladylike Media in the Patreon app. And join the Unladies Room for just $5 a month. All five of those dollars will go a long way to supporting this independent feminist podcast made by me. Yes, a podcast team of one. A few listener faves that await you include... An historical romp into the heyday of male rejuvenation that did involve rich men getting monkey testicle transplants, how the scrunchie was invented, and a peek into the reborn baby doll community where mostly grown women play with hyper-realistic dolls and in hyper-realistic ways. Patreon.com slash unladylikemedia or search unladylikemedia in the Patreon app. And thank you. Thank you.